Why is Archie and the gang from Riverdale everywhere you look these days? We get to the bottom of that mystery and discuss a few more in the latest episode of Retcon. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Retcon, a podcast of assorted geekery. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're diving into the world of Archibald Andrews, the teenager at the heart of Archie Comics for more than 75 years now. First introduced back in 1941, Archie and his adventures with Jughead, Betty, and Veronica held their own against the industry's capes and tights superheroes for generations before pop culture seemingly passed them by, only to jump back into the mainstream spotlight less than a decade ago. From the introduction of gay teen character Kevin Keller back in 2010, to the publisher's industry-shaking 2011 decision to release their comics digitally on the same day the print copies arrived in stores, to the success of the television series Riverdale based on the company's characters, Archie Comics and its namesake have gone from being a nostalgic reminder of days gone by to a powerful vehicle for contemporary storytelling and a herald of the comics industry's evolution. In order to get some perspective on how far Archie's come and why he's back in the spotlight again, we spoke to Alex Segura, the former Senior Vice President of Publicity and Marketing for Archie Comics, who was recently named Co-President of Archie just a few weeks ago. Along with getting his perspective on Archie's return to relevance, we also picked Segura's brain about the Pete Fernandez mysteries, his popular series of crime novels. The third book in that series, Dangerous Ends, hit shelves in April. Alex, first off, let me say congratulations on the recent promotion to co-president of Archie Comics. That must have made this year's New York Comic Con a uh, special one for you. Yeah, I mean, New York Con is always great. It's our hometown show, so it was nice. It's always nice to see everyone and just connect with the industry and our fans. So it's, yeah, it was definitely a treat. It feels like a, a tremendous understatement to say that Archie Comics has come a long way in the last 10 years or so for a comic that was once viewed as occupying a more traditional, maybe, uh, dare I say, conservative space in the comic scene. A lot of those changes have been pretty groundbreaking, both you know for Archie and, and for comics as a whole. You've got Kevin Keller uh, coming out as gay character in Archie, a uh, decision to release Archie digitally on same day and date as, uh, as print. Uh, I know those two decisions predated your arrival at Archie, but you've been there to see the outcome of them and, and a lot of other big moments. What, what's the atmosphere been like at Archie during your time there? Yeah, actually, actually, day and day did happen while I was around, but it's interesting. Um, it all point, you can all point it back to when John Goldwater stepped in as CEO and publisher. He, uh, he basically, basically came in and said, you know, let's, let's revisit this. You know, we don't have to be a retro brand. I think Archie at that point was very much considered, uh, you know, not in the present, you know, happen, you know, kind of evergreen stories that could happen at any point. And, uh, and he came in and said, let's, let's liven things up. Let's be more creative. Let's, let's make sure these books are happening in the now. Uh, let's make sure Riverdale isn't this Pleasantville-type place, but actually feels like a town you would visit today. And you start to see that with Kevin coming in and then just more structural stuff for the company, like being, being more progressive and proactive from a business standpoint, you know, with something like Day and Day Digital we were the first company to do that, you know, recognizing the importance of the digital market. Um, and then just pushing the envelopes and, and showing that, you know, Archie and his friends aren't just these narrow interpretations. You know, you can have Archie in a, any kind of setting. And as long as it's he's treated with care and, you know, shown to be true to his character, you can have him in a zombie apocalypse. You can have him meet Kiss or the Ramones and, 
you can do anything. You can you can jump forward in time, which we did, and we had the Life with Archie series that kind of showed uh, two different versions of his life, one where he married Betty and one where he married Veronica, and just kind of the trials of adulthood, just more of a dramedy. And then eventually the death of Archie, which was a huge media event, but also just kind of a cap on the storytelling up to that point, just showcasing that Archie could do anything as long as it is Archie. Well, yeah, it, it feels from the outside, at least, that it's been a pretty smooth transition uh, integrating Archie into the world of all these celebrities and pop culture uh, touchstones, all these sort of real world elements. Why why do you think that Archie has had such a decent time of it jumping in when, you know, we've there's been crossovers before with comic book characters in the real world that maybe haven't been received nearly as well uh, uh, as, as Archie's experiences there? I just think there's an energy to it. There's a fun to it. Uh... It's it's something that we we take seriously from a business perspective because we think it's it's something our readers want. But for, as a reader, you see it and you're like, this is kind of neat, you know. It's and you don't take it seriously in the way that you would something else. I think you know, it's just, it's Archie meeting the Ramones or it's Archie meeting Sharknado. It's it's kind of bizarre. It's kind of neat. And uh, and I think once people engage with the story, they realize that it's it's not only just a funny idea. It's actually a well-executed comic. I mean, we have we had Archie meet the Predator. It's it's crazy. <laughs> that that was probably one of the ones that surprised me the most. And and honestly, touching on that, uh, out of all the projects to come out of Archie over the last few years, the horror stuff has surprised me uh, and impressed me really uh, the most. There's some scary, very adult stuff going on in an Afterlife with Archie and some of the other uh, horror lines you have. Was it a surprise to you that that Archie uh, was so well received in in that horror realm? Because it, again, it could have gone the other way very easily but but it didn't yeah i think initially uh when afterlife was first announced there was some i guess hesitation from the marketplace and that the idea was so shocking like you're gonna take this brand and and mix it up with horror and it's the kind of thing that it has to be done perfectly to succeed and we were very lucky that it was done perfectly because you know roberto aguirre sacasa is the writer of Afterlife and the writer of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, he's also our chief creative officer, and he and John and Jesse Goldwater and Francesco Francavilla just kind of put all their heads together and, and really created a terrifying horror comic that happens to feature Archie, Jughead, Betty, and Veronica. Um, and those characters and those interpretations are very true to the source material. I mean, if you read Afterlife, it's those characters in a horror world. So it's the best of both worlds for fans of Archie and also fans of straight horror. For a long time, and I think still to this day, people point to Afterlife as probably the best horror comic out there. Oh, I, I would certainly agree with that. And as you mentioned, it wasn't just throwing a couple of uh, werewolves or zombies into an Archie story. It was it was a straight-up horror uh, horror storyline that, that was really impressive. Uh, and, and I think that was a really bold move by, by everyone there. Uh, did, did it feel, like when you were doing it, that this was something that uh, there was a big gamble? You know, anything's a gamble in the marketplace. I think comics uh, can be very tricky in terms of predicting what's going to stick and what's going to resonate. Um, I think uh, something that John Goldwater says often is, you know, story comes first. If the story is good and if it's great, the rest will hopefully fall into place. And that's really all, all that you can bank on. It's the quality there and the quality was definitely there with afterlife. And also there with Sabrina is, you know, the fans will come. People will come if the book is good. Um, And that served us pretty well. 
Well, it's been great to see Archie also jumping back into its superhero characters, again with the Dark Circle line. Those books uh, live up to the name. They're, they're pretty dark. Uh, when it comes yeah. to projects that are in that sort of darker, more adult corner of the Archie universe, what are the discussions like on your side of things uh, when it comes to sort of figuring out the right tone for them? Is anything too dark for uh, Archie comics these days? Well, I, you know, I wouldn't say that everything we do is dark, but, I, you know, I think we wanted to show a breadth of, of genre, I guess, you know, there was a time maybe in the nineties or early two thousands where readers would graduate from Archie. And I, I remember this as a comic reader, you read, you read the digest and then you kind of move on to superhero stuff or you move on to other things. And I think now that's no longer the case and that Archie has a pretty wide variety of stuff to offer readers from classic Archie to, you know, more aged up Archie to superhero stuff to horror. So it's really just kind of expanding the palette for Archie and the Dark Circle in particular was trying to, is continuing to try to provide different takes. You know, I feel like the, the there's a lack of accessible superhero stuff. Um, I feel like you almost need a PhD in, in the X-Men or, you know, what have you to, to read a book and kind of get into it. And uh, I, I see the other side of the argument because you know this too, as fans, I didn't know the backstory of the characters when I picked up my first Spider-Man or Justice League, but I think there's a middle ground where, you know, you can make it accessible enough, especially in this age of like binge watching TV shows and, and, uh, and stuff like that, um, where it's really just an exercise in genre. So the black hood is very much a a crime book. Um, he happens to wear a hood and he happens to, to be named after a superhero character, but it's much more a crime book and some stuff like the shield is much more a conspiracy thriller. And so it was really just tapping into those different things, like The Hangman is a dark horror book. And uh, and now we're kind of coming full circle with The Mighty Crusaders, which is straight-up fun, energetic superhero stuff. Well, uh, along with everything else going on on the pages, you also have the uh, the Riverdale uh, television series, which is doing amazingly well. D- did you ever think that you were going to get to a point where Archie has a, a you know a, a young young adult drama on television uh, that is also just doing phenomenally well along with all of the comics? You know, it's really one of those things that having been part of it and watching John's strategy come together, it's it is very much a culmination of all the work he's put into the company up to this point. And I don't think if the publishing hadn't reimagined itself that we would be at a point where Archie and his friends are on TV with Riverdale or that there's, there would be a Sabrina horror series. I mean, I think you need the source material to be strong for anyone to really care. Um, and I think we're at that point where Archie as a publisher was being buzzed, it was buzzing and, you know, people were into what we were doing and suddenly it's this thing. And, and now it's, it's no longer, a publisher, it's a media company. Oh, certainly. Well, you know, switching gears a little bit, uh, along with doing everything that you do with Archie, you, you just had the third book in your own series of crime novels uh, come out a little bit earlier this year, the, the Pete Fernandez Mysteries. Uh, that hit yeah. shelves. I, I, as another former newspaper man, I, I love that the main character comes out of that world. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, of you put into uh, this character, both the Miami setting, the, the former uh, journalist uh, uh, character, that sort of thing. Can you tell us a little bit about the Pete Fernandez Mysteries for those who, who might not be as familiar? with them? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the series starts with Silent City, which came out a few years ago, and it's set in Miami, and Pete Fernandez is a washed-up journalist who uh, has a drinking problem and has found himself dragged into a number of cases involving uh, sometimes his own past. His dad is a homicide detective. His boy has passed away, and uh, it's really, 
I really wanted to explore the origins of the private eye. I'd, I'd read so much great PI fiction, you know, set in different locations where where setting was so important, like the George Pelicanos's Washington D.C., Laura Lippman's Baltimore, or Dennis Lehane writing about Boston. And, and I really wanted to bring that to my hometown, Miami, and just show the city, but beyond the kind of touristy stuff, the uh, the daiquiris on South Beach and the neon lights, and and kind of explore the city and also through the eyes of someone that I could relate to. Uh, I always joke that Pete is kind of a guy I knew in college and lost touch with because he went off the rails, but it's also a story of, you know, redemption for him and uh, kind of getting his life together and pulling himself out of the gutter and trying to figure out what he wants to do. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Well, have you ever considered uh, going the the graphic novel, the comics route with some of the Pete Fernandez stuff? Because I feel like uh, this is this is an area you're already uh, invested in. You're doing uh, very well in both the with the novels and the comics side of things. Yeah, you know, it's something I have thought about, but it's with so much going on, it's I wouldn't say it's a top of my list, which is kind of a first world problem. But um, the want to add another to thing so, to the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the novels, especially uh, the creation. It's such a personal process for me. It's uh, it's really novel writing is one of the few things that an author can do kind of soup to nuts, like really have control of every aspect. Uh, obviously, you need to find a publisher that agrees with your execution, but, you know, it's it's not collaborative. And while I love the collaboration of comics, I don't know if I'd want to share the Pete world yet. So That's maybe. absolutely fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, do, when it comes to uh, having the third book out now in, in this series... Did you did you imagine a day when you'd be publishing the third book in a series? That had to have been like a big mental leap from the first time you're sort of sitting down to write this novel that you've wanted to write for such a long time. Yeah, it's so crazy, especially because, I mean, we're talking now, and I literally just sent the, the draft of the fourth one off to my agent uh, just to get some notes. But it's when I wrote Silent City, the first one years ago, I, I just thought of it as a lark, like something to do. I mean, I started working in comics, and then you know, comics becomes your job, so it's no longer a hobby. And then mystery novel writing became a hobby, and now it's kind of a job. But it is very surreal, and it's really uh, gratifying. Well, Alex, thank you so much for uh, for chatting with me here, both about Archie and, and the evolution there and, and the world of Pete Fernandez. Thanks so much for having me. That was Alex Segura, co-president of Archie Comics and the author of the Pete Fernandez Mysteries. This has been Retconned, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Patrick Garrett. I'm Rick Marshall. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcast app of choice. It lets us know you're out there and that you want to hear more.